To us, magic sounds like this extraordinary thing. Pulling a rabbit out of the hat, coming out of nowhere. But it's here, it's real. And the more that we are open to the unseen, to the energies of this world, to abundance and manifesting, to calling in and growing, the more we'll be able to call magic into our lives. Join me as I share stories, wisdom, and curiosity around connecting with your higher frequency, tapping into the synchronicities of the universe, and opening up to the unseen possibilities that this world has to offer. I am your host, Dana Fay, and this is the Ordinary Magic Podcast. All right, welcome back to Ordinary Magic. I have Sam Fotenhauer on today, and I want to introduce her a little bit before we get started. Sam uses a blend of tools and healing practices to help men and women drop from their heads to their hearts, find safety and security from within, and connect with their own aliveness. These tools that she uses include human design, energy healing, somatic healing practices, intuition, and psychic channeling, and coaching. And I want to read something that I found on your website, Sam, that I just loved and thought, oh my gosh, I could like put this on my mirror and read it every day. And that is, if you want to live a life that feels awake, empowered, and aligned to you, whatever that means in your life, live from the heart, connect to your body, and root into the earth. And I love that so much. And I've been so fortunate to watch your journey from when you were a full-time lawyer. And when I say watch from Instagram, so just seeing the outside view from when you were a lawyer and then starting to have your own spiritual awakening and wake up to different mystical modalities that you were getting into and now running a practice where you're helping other people come into their own body and their own aliveness just the same as you. And you've been my human design teacher and a friend. And even before we jumped on today, you led me through a grounding meditation that was such a great reminder of just like slowing down, connecting back to the earth. And it felt so good. So thank you so much, Sam. And thanks for being here today. I am so happy to be here. I am so excited for you and for this podcast and to listen and to hear, get to hear you and your voice all the time because I love your takes and I love your energy. And I'm really excited to be here with you today. Thank you, Dana. Thank you. And for the audience, just to let you know, Sam and I are both manifesting generators. We both have an emotional authority and we share two of our top gifts, the gate of intimacy and the gate of spirit. And I find it interesting and I see a little parallel in your life to mine as I am a real estate agent plus diving into being a human design teacher and bringing in different modalities. And so it's fun to see you go first. And now I get to be on the mic asking you questions about it. And where I'd like to start is where were you? How were you feeling when you realized that full-time law was not the end-all be-all? Was it mostly emotional feelings coming up? Were you doing a lot of like pros and cons lists? Like how long did that journey take to take the very first step into your new endeavors? I was practicing law for only three years before I was like, I want to leave the role that I was in. I, I didn't totally leave law right away. And I still keep like a toe in. Um, and I'm an advisor at the Tulane Center for Environmental Law. I like do like a little bit of work for certain environmental law clients, more just for my own interest. But I was practicing at a large law firm in New York City and doing different litigation, securities litigation. It was very rigorous. It was I very quickly realized once I got there, I didn't think I'd want to be at this firm. And I didn't think I'd want to do this sort of law. And it's a sort of place that very few people stay. It has a really high attrition rate. Like it's very common to go for a few years and then to go somewhere else. But I started realizing pretty quickly, like, do I even want to be in law? And I couldn't tell him. I just so disenchanted by the environment and by the rigor and just like not feeling connected to the mission. Or do I actually not like law. And so I had started saving like right away, which was fantastic. And I had started, my background was environmental law, like my education. And so I always kind of thought I might go into environmental law. I had like 
was starting to reach out to people just like a year or two, like two years after I graduated law school to start to like develop those contacts and see what that might look like and see like what, where could I go and, and what are the paths here? I went to a yoga retreat and I remember it was like very spiritual and empowering. And I remember all of a sudden realizing there, like, I don't have to have a plan when I leave my job. I could go travel. I could go, um, go to explore these other interests. I was really interested in permaculture farms. I was really interested in agriculture. I was really curious about food law, but there isn't a ton of like typical jobs in that field. So I knew I'd probably have to create something on my own. And I was like, that sounds awesome. Um, I will just quit without a plan in like a little over a year. I'll have enough money saved up by then. I'll be far enough into my career. We'll have a really good foundation and I'll go to India and I'll go to Costa Rica and I'll have all this like fun activities. And then the pandemic hit. And then I, and I realized I'm not going to India and I'm not going to Costa Rica. And there is no like, I can just go explore this stuff and then figure it out along the way because the world's going to be shut down for a long time. So that summer I actually started working with a coach. Um, I'd been working with a therapist and lots of healers and different people, but this person was very focused on Akashic Records, which I was really interested in, which is a type of channeling, connecting with your spirit team. She was really focused on the chakra system and she was really focused on like people who are passionate, but not connected to their like fire and want to find more direction in their life. And I had heard her on a podcast. I heard her talk about safety and I was really working with feeling safe in my life and my body. That was like the big thing I was working on healing at that time. So I started working with her for that. And then I was just talking about how dissatisfied I was with my work. And she was like, could you leave and just take some time before leaping to a new job? At that point, I was like grasping for anything. I was looking at the most random roles, like made no sense, not helpful, not in law, like not financially supportive, would be really rigorous. Like it didn't make any sense. I just wanted to leave so bad that I was like willing to take anything. And I remember she gave me this suggestion. She's like, this is a really significant decision. Make it mindfully, make it wisefully, and do not leap out of fear. So if you need to give yourself space to make a decision about your career, can you do that financially? And I remember my initial reaction was like, absolutely not. There's no way. And literally I could like feel this heat in my body. And she's like, okay, we just moved on with the coaching session. And I, 10 minutes later, I stopped her and I was like, actually, I, I could, I do have all this money saved up to go do this travel plan. And I, I could do it. I'm just really afraid. I quit in 2020. And at that point, I didn't even have any idea of starting a spiritual business. Um, but within six months, I was doing human design readings for strangers. So, and I started wow. my full business, like about a little six months, a little over later. That is amazing. And what I'm hearing in that is that it all it took was for one person to like ask you, is there another way? And I've been there where I've just jumped to the next job because I thought I had to like have another one. Mm -hmm. But that's so great that she was able to prompt you and be like, can you reframe this a little bit? Can you rethink it? It's amazing. I so agree, Dana, how much one person's mindset or just one person permission of there is something you can consider. You don't have to do it. I'm not telling you what to do, but you could think about it a different way and how, what a dramatic shift that can have in your whole worldview. It was, it had never occurred to me to just leave without a plan. And as soon as she planted that seed, it just, everything started opening up and it was easily one of the, it was really scary to make that decision because it, you know, we were in the middle of the pandemic. I wasn't sure if we were about to have a financial crisis. I was like, what if I can't find other work? But all these amazing things just lined up for me. As soon as I decided, I thought this was a good idea and I wanted to pursue it. And it worked out way better than I could have ever imagined. That's so amazing. And when I talk about that through the lens of human design, especially for manifesting generators like you, in order to let the universe bring more things to you, you have to open up space for it. That can be super scary, but that's what you need to do. And that's what you did. And then a bunch of stuff came your way. 
Yes. And that continues to be the case for me. Like I remember hearing that by the time I left my job, I was into human design, but I wasn't like studying it seriously. I just, I'd been into it for like a few years casually. And I knew I was like, would like to do that in my, I called it my sabbatical when I was like, I'm just not going to work for a few months. I was like, I want to take a human design course. And I thought it was really silly. And I didn't want to tell anyone about it because I didn't think anybody would ever like want a reading or think it was cool. So I wanted to keep it secret, which is hilarious now because I've done like hundreds of readings and talk about it publicly all the time. (laughs) But it just shows us how our fear can kind of like quiet our mind and our, um, it can even hush our desires and what we want. But what I remember hearing before then, and this just was such a clear example, there you need to make space. And space can look a lot of different ways. It doesn't have to look like quitting your job for a new job to come in. But in my case, it did because I was making a really dramatic shift and my job was so consuming. There was no way I could cut back on it. It, You have to be 100% in and that's like 80, 90 hours a week. But I've seen it now in every other piece of life. I've seen it in friendships. I've seen it in romantic partnerships. I've seen it in my career. I've seen it in small things like, do I have space in my schedule? It, you have to be willing to take that a little bit of a leap first before anything will come in. And then once you do it, you trust it because you're like, I know it'll work out because I'm doing it from, from my heart and from my truth. And whenever I act out of my heart and my truth, things always work out. I'm sure it's a muscle that you've built and now you're more trusting and more like in your heart. But in the beginning, how did you take that first step? How did you calm all the thoughts running through your head of logic? Like this is never going to work. Where am I going to head? I can't go into the unknown. That's so scary. How did you take the step forward and not overthink it when you knew like, okay, I can feel in my heart what the next step is? At the very beginning, I didn't start, this wasn't my first time making a little bit of a leap. You know, at the beginning, I started with, I'm going to make more time on the weekends for fun activities. So I'm going to stop like jam packing my weekends or what I schedule and just allow space for cool things to happen. Um, so I started kind of like it was smaller things. I started practicing trusting my intuition. By the time I had left my job, I had already been exploring the psychic realm in the Akashic and spirit realm for two years, like pretty intensely. And so I had developed this like trust in a belief system that like there's a support system beyond me. And that I started with that with really small things, like help me decide, like, what should I focus on right now in this month? Like, should I focus on creativity? Like what hobby should I try to learn? Like it wasn't big stuff, like quitting my job. So by the time I was there, I already had this like sense of trust in myself. The things that really helped me make that decision is I, I just got really clear with the fear and I just add, okay, what is everything I'm afraid of happening? And taught like sharing that with people who are really safe and who are not holding those fears. And then I just started like walking through each scenario and then looking like how likely is this going to happen and what is really the worst case going to be? And then thought of like, okay, well, how would I solve this problem? And then I balance that with the best case scenario and like what could be possible for me and what could I even receive that I have no idea about? And, and I mostly thought about how I wanted to feel. That's amazing. I really love what you're talking about in regards to actually like painting out a picture of what the fear is, because I think a lot of us feel the fear and then we like ignore it or we like know it's like over here to the right of me, but I'm not going to go there. But that's so powerful. I mean, I did the same thing when I did a home birth. I thought, well, why don't I just address every single thing that can happen? And then I won't have any fear around birthing this baby. And that's exactly what you did with leaving your job. You really grounded it. It was very earthy of you. This is the worst things that can happen. Sky's the limit for what could happen. And now it doesn't feel, you probably didn't feel as fearful. Exactly. It was like, okay, these things are unlikely to happen. Like some of the most scary thoughts were like, okay, I'll leave my job. I won't feel inspired by anything else. I'll have to go back to law. The law firm I want, I worked at, would probably hire me back. Any of their peers would hire me back. Worst case, they wouldn't. I would go find a job any other place. There was a major financial crisis. I couldn't find a job anywhere. Then I would use my other skill sets to find any job. Still couldn't. Okay, then worst case, I might have to go and move back somewhere. It would be embarrassing. I would lose money. It would be disappointing. But it wouldn't be catastrophic. 
Like, oh, and to me, that just sounds like a lot of ego things. Like, okay, yeah. so it would be embarrassing. Okay, yeah. so my ego would be hurt by it. That's about I, it. I would look dumb. You know, it'd be like, wow, yeah. that was stupid to leave a really good job to, for without a clear plan or any reason. Like, that was the worst case. But I also started thinking about what will I lose if I stay here? What what will my body feel like? I, my body was already starting to like shut down from this. Like I wasn't experiencing any serious health things, but I, I didn't want to be there. I was getting panic attacks regularly from being in work and in work settings. I was feeling frustrated. I was feeling really depleted. I was really unhappy and I was working so hard to be happy and optimistic. So every day mm-hmm. I was like in my gratitude journal, meditating. I didn't feel confident because I knew I wasn't putting my best self forward because I didn't really want to be there. And that made me feel bad about myself because I knew I was capable, but I wasn't feeling as skillful and capable as I was. So I thought, what would happen if I stayed in this mindset for the next one, three or five years? What would I begin to believe about myself? What would I begin to believe about what the world and life has looked like? How will my body handle that? How will my familial, romantic and like friendships handle that? So like, what is the cost of staying? And that's an important question that I think a lot of people don't ask themselves. When if anyone's thinking about making a change, you think a lot about the cost of leaving or making the change and it go bad. What about if you stay and everything stays exactly the same? What will that do to your happiness, your life force, and your body? What is the cost of staying? That is that is so good to think about. And I can really relate to you. I've been in a previous job as well where it's like, yeah, I'm doing the practices. I'm I'm talking to the universe in the car right over there. I'm gonna stay extra uber positive today, but you can't ignore the signs in your body or how you feel later that day when you come home and you're interacting with your loved ones. And it's just, you're not your best self because uh, you're not, you're uninspired and you're not energized anymore. Yeah, I was. And I had lost all sense of ambition and I'm a very ambitious person for any human design people. I have a defined heart and my channel in human design connected to my heart is all about like ambition, essentially. It's the channel of initiation. It wants to be first. It's grounded and it's rooted in love, but it's like, let's fucking go. Like, let's, let's do this. And, and I've always felt really ambitious and I started to lose all of that. And I started to wonder like, do I even want to work? I have to like for money, but the question of, do you want to work is if the answer is no, then my suggestion is like, go find a job that's like a true nine to five. Like you don't want a job that's going to be in the nights and in the weekends and takes a lot of like self-starting. Like you want a job where you can show up and it'll pay the bills and then you get your life outside of that. And everything that oriented towards my life assumed that I was going to be ambitious. And I started to not recognize myself because I had lost all of that because I was just really depleted. Yeah. Wow. Really fast too. Because I was only 27. (laughs) Yeah, right. Exactly. So it's just so cool that you gave yourself permission to pivot when you did. And you didn't have the voices of society being like, you know, you've only been in this for three years. You need to stick it out and see what happens. Like you really listened to your body and you didn't listen to the shoulds of the world, which is so cool. I want to take it back a little bit to what you said about the fact that you were already kind of in your spiritual practice two years prior before leaving your job. What did that look like? Like what kind of spiritual modalities or tools were you using? And when you said you were like diving into the Akashic Records and connecting with your guides, was that something you learned from someone? Did you read a book? Did you believe it right away? Like tell tell me about that process a little bit. Yeah. So my spiritual awakening began in 2018 in the summer. I remember everything about it. And I all of a sudden had this major awakening of there are these traumatic experiences I needed to process. And by not feeling them and not processing them, I was cutting myself off from life and I was feeling really anxious. And I had started to experience anxiety for the first time in my life. And I have a podcast too called Wild River. And if you, if anyone wants to hear more about this or like this is pinging them, go back to my first and second episodes. And I talk about this story and and what happened. But I basically went like accidentally ended up at a sound bath and energy healing and all of a sudden had these major revelations of, oh my God, I have energy in me and I need to process this and my lack of feeling is inhibiting me. 
And it was a really moving experience. And it was at this space that had all these cool workshops. So then I went to like an acupuncture and then I I loved it. So I was like, I want to do more from the space. And so then for my birthday, like a month later, I gifted myself a channeled reading and I didn't really know what it was. Um, I just like saw it and heard it and was just like, I'm just going to do this. At the time, I remember it was $200 and that felt like such a big deal to spend on something like this, which is actually, it's a very reasonable price for a reading like that. But I had I never done anything like that before. So it felt like this huge expense. And she was a gifted channel um, and had a lot of other tools. She did energy healing on me. She channeled my guides and my grandfather. And I just remember bawling and it feeling so resonant and so in truth that after that, I just wanted anything related to channeling my guides, which I've since realized is not typical for a lot of people in their spiritual awakenings. They don't go right into channeling channeling and and everyone people might have diff- different definitions but my definition of it is it's the um communication with beings who are not on earth right now so basically it's premised under this idea that every person is a, actually a soul and our soul exists before we came into the dana and sam bodies and the bodies of everyone listening and after we leave this earth. But our soul, our soul is is so much more vast and powerful than that. And souls don't come to earth just like naked. Like they don't come without a new support system. They have a whole team around you because this shit is hard. And they have a whole support system and here to help them on their path, on their karmic path, on their agreements, the things that they wanted to experience in this life. And these, this team, this support team is called, we call it often the spirit team or your spirit guides. And they're made up of beings. So it could be like um, people you knew in this lifetime, like a grandmother, a great grandmother who passed away. They may be very connected to you. Mine definitely are. But it could also be beings that you didn't know, like maybe a father or a sibling in a past life. And then it could also be beings like angels or ascended masters who are here to support you that don't come onto earth. Um, and they're just in a different dimension, but they're still, you're still connected. It's kind of a heady concept. And so the concept of channeling is connecting to those beings and literally getting information from them. And any time people talk about the Akashic records, uh, psychic channeling, mediumship, um, those are all types of channeling. I kind of think of it as like slightly different words for essentially the same thing. They might they differ a little bit, but they're, they're basically the same concept. And so I first heard about this was all in, which is kind of wild. Sometimes I think about like, wow, I was just really willing to accept that. But it just felt like the most obvious thing ever. It felt so true. Find out shortly after that reading that my aunt is a super gifted channel, has been doing psychic readings for years, also a mental health counselor and channels earth energy. You didn't know that at the time? I didn't know that. That's crazy. Yeah, I had no idea. And so I just happened to be out visiting her in Santa Cruz and other aunts and uncles. And I'm really close to the side of the family was telling her about this wild experience. And she's like, you know, I do this, right? And had a reading with her and then just started. Okay. So here's my question for you, because I am also obsessed and it's so weird. Like, I love that you say you were just like totally into it right away. Like my, my experience was my father passed away. My mom went and saw a medium and I said, yeah, of course, I know they're hundred percent right. Like I never questioned that they couldn't talk to him. And then I sought out those experiences myself, but I got so weird and dogmatic around the process of connecting to my guides. Like what are their names? Why can't I see them? It's a muscle also that you have to build. And what confuses me is how differently everybody channels. And then again, it doesn't confuse me because I understand that everybody's gifted in a different way for the way that they channel. But like you said, there's the Akashic records, there's mediumship, there's psychics. There's like, it's like you can really go down a rabbit hole of seeing other psychics and mediums instead of just like trying to tap into your guides first. What would you recommend for that? For someone who's like just starting out to, to just connect, to just tap in. I would recommend first, if you hear of someone that resonates, go see them. 
because I found that those experiences really activated my channel. I would 100% have not known how to do it on my own. The signs that you're trying to do on your own are you go and they tell you things that you already knew and you already heard mm. and you kept, you felt that you like had a knowing that, that there was something about that, especially if that keeps happening and that kept happening to me. And it's like, okay, I need to start acting on this and I'm already connected and it can still be nice to go to see a channel it can be confirming, like affirming, but, but knowing you can do it. The other thing is I would start exploring with your intuition. Um, I would start asking your body and what do I want to do today? What am I drawn to? Um, what food do I want to eat? Like start with small things. Once you start leaning into it, you'll feel it. It feels like a nudge. It feels like a knowing and it feels, it just starts to feel like this is the obvious thing I should do, even though there's no practical reason that I could write out that would definitely distinguish it from something else. Um, I also would start journaling. I would ask my guides and I would just start writing and seeing anything that came up. And I had a really hard time discerning, is this just my mind or is this my guides? But over time, I noticed like I was getting really good guidance and I was getting a lot of clarity and I was starting to feel more confident. And I started realizing like not everybody is being led to these same things. The stuff I'm writing is smarter than what I would have told myself <laughs> or done. So that was like a pretty good sign. And then it just really built from there. Yeah. Yeah. It can be so subtle. And, you know, I've tried the journaling in the past as well. And because my handwriting is so sloppy, one of the practices that I like to do is actually sit with my computer with a notes app, like really get centered, close my eyes and just let my fingers flow without overthinking it. And it's really cool what can come out from there. When did you know you were ready to officially hone your own channeling gifts so that you can help your clients? Oh, wow. So I didn't start channeling information for people until last fall. And so I had kind of been working on my own intuition and connecting with my guides and getting information for it built over four years. It was really slow. Like I remember people would talk about things like, I'm not getting any of that stuff. Um, it took a long time, but I just liked it and it felt good to me and it helped me feel connected. And I just felt like wiser. And um, so I was getting benefits. I kind of decided like, well, who cares if I know for sure if this is my guides or not, because like, I like where I'm going with this. Like it feels good in my life. I started hosting women's circles while I was still practicing law. That was at the advice of a healer that I saw. And so when the pandemic hit, I started hosting them again. But I had at that point gotten really connected with connecting with earth energy and I learned more about meditations. And then I met Nadia last, who is how Dana and I met, which is a friend of mine. And Nadia is an incredible human design reader, an amazing coach, soon to be therapist, a, a talented, intuitive, and my best friend. We met and started hosting circles together. And as a part of the circles, I would do these meditations, like these earth meditations that I would just guide to ground people. And people started having mystical experiences. People started mm -hmm. telling me that they were feeling energy moving in their body and they were having visuals and they were like seeing guides and they had never had this experience before. Not everybody was having that, but like like multiple. And I was really surprised because I wasn't, didn't think I was doing anything. So that's when I realized that I was doing energy healing on people without realizing, and I was channeling some sort of energy. So I went to the same coach I had mentioned earlier, Danny Dillard from Nectar Healing House. She's awesome, really talented Akashic record reader. Went to a Reiki retreat with her and Nadia and we got Reiki attuned and I started just experimenting. Like I would do these free sessions for people being like, I love some practice. And people were having these wild healing experiences. So I was like, okay, I have this gift. I don't really understand how it works. I'm not like seeing a ton of stuff. I'm just kind of like creating the intention to channel healing energy and people are feeling it. And mm. then I worked with a mediumship mentor and named Emily the Medium. And she's fantastic. And I went in there saying, Emily, I can't channel and that's okay. I don't know how to channel information. I'm not never going to be able to. It's not my gift. I'm a body channel. So I just want to learn how to be a body channel and learn how to really harness these energy healing gifts because I have there's a reason for them and people are having powerful experiences, but I want to like get clear on them so I can be more effective. And she really challenged me. She's like, I don't know. I'm pretty sure you could 
channel like information like typical channeling and i was like no not can't and that was like hilarious like within like three sessions i was just like just doing it and i would just wow um, she just taught me she's a really good teacher or she she created practice for me that allowed me to recognize that i could do it wow that is so cool and if you're interested in learning more about that you have a beautiful episode with her on your podcast wild river i believe it's from like january of this year super interesting. And I think it was there that you said like channeling to me is like being in the WNBA, like really like it's this out there thing that I thought was unattainable. And I feel the exact same way as you. And it's so trippy because just a couple months ago, I was in the woods and I talked out loud to my dad and I got a very clear, clear, cognizant download. Like, I mean, I saw an image, I heard the telepathic, like exact words that he told me. It was the first time ever that I got such a psychic, like how the mediums explain it hit. But like you said, it's been a long process. (laughs) Like it goes up and down. It's like, oh, I don't know, you know? And it's not long for everyone. Like there might be people listening being like, I don't know, I think I can already do it. And you might be able to, like a lot of people just naturally are channeling, having no idea. So once they hear about it, they can tap into it. But that wasn't my experience. So I used to think I couldn't do it because I wasn't one of those people. And I was like, yeah, literally, it's more likely I'm going to get tapped to be in the WNBA, which like I'm like five, six. <laughs> I'm not a basketball player. Like I'm not particularly athletic. Like there's just no world. I could do, I could do everything I could that I would ever be in there. That's how it felt to channel. But I wanted to. I thought of channels as being like the sick, like the coolest thing somebody could do. Which, of course, the things that we want are meant for us, especially if they're the sole core wishes. Like, it's not a trick. Our desires are literally the blueprint. It's not surprising to me that, like, all the healers that I've – all the ones I've consistently worked with have now become, like, close friends of mine. And I see a lot of parallels in our work because I was drawn Mm -hmm. to them because they were showing me what was possible for myself. That's so beautiful. And that's how I found, you know, I found Nadia last in the at the end of 2020. And right when we started working together, she was like, oh, my good friend, Sam, like you guys are so similar and I see so much. And she even too held space for me when I was pregnant to be like, I think I can feel my daughter's energy, but it's so subtle. But like the other day I was playing with my daughters and my dad's and like it was definitely two different energies, you know, kind of subtle. And like she just reaffirmed what I was experiencing. And, and that made all the difference to be like, okay, yes, like I'm not going crazy. This is kind of just a trust in your body that you need to build and you need to allow your mind to get out of the way so that you can do that. I'm super curious when you started doing these, these meditations or these earth activations, this energy healing for people, or even just when you just started doing guided meditations, Did that just come out of you? Did it come out of your body or did it come from like the podcast you were listening to and like different resources? Like, how did you start to do that? I first led the very first guided meditation at the yoga retreat that I was mentioning. This was fall 2019 and I wanted to host a woman's circle and I was terrified to do that meditation. I was like shaking and I like went through it really fast. And I di- I just did a meditation that my aunt, who's the earth channel, um, Rachel Fotenhauer, Vast Earth, that she taught me. And she does these amazing energy healings that in 2020 I was doing with her every single week because they're like really amazing group healings. And now she does them on Wednesday nights once a month. And so I would just hear her doing it. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to I'm just going to do my own, like, I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to copy it. And I was, um, to your question earlier, I don't think I answered like what modalities did I get into when I first got into spirituality? It was really simple stuff. I got into a five minute meditation every day and I had the insight app. And so I would just listen to an one on there or a white light meditation. Um, a few healers kept recommending that to me. They're like, you're very empathic. You're picking up a lot in New York city. You need a white light meditation every day. So I just went on YouTube and found one. And I was doing a gratitude journal, three things I was grateful for in my life and three things I was grateful for about work. And I was doing affirmations and it took me like 10 minutes. And that was the most I was going to have the space to do. Like that took a lot of energy for me, but it made a huge difference in my life. And so from those meditations, I had like, I just like copied them and I just started doing them. And then I started like other ones would drop in. And now Dana, 
I get all sorts of ideas. Like I get new creative meditations, just drop it. I'll just start talking and, and we'll just go and I'll get the sense. I did one with my friend Luna yesterday. That was, um, totally different than what I've ever done before. I had her like envision that she was mirroring a tree with like her roots and her branches and connecting with like the stability of, um, her trunk. And like, it just dropped in and it is so awesome, but I would have had no idea. It was really scary at the beginning. And then I got comfortable and then I just allowed myself to be creative. Cause it's like, it's just a meditation. Like who cares? Like the whole point is just to breathe. So just explore. Yeah, totally. It's just, I love how much you're bringing this into a very grounded place. Like this is coming from you and you're also not putting too much attachment around it. Like you're like, all we need to do is breathe and slow down and ground into earth. Like that's it. For so many people, when they first start getting curious about their spirituality, we get, we try to make sense of it with a rational mind and we try to find the right things to do. So it's like, I just need to be write the three great gratitude things and have my green juice and have this crystal. And like those things are useful tools. Like they are, they're vehicles that can deliver us to ourselves. But the goal here is to reconnect with our spirit self at a conscious level. We're always connected to our spirit realm. People who don't believe in spirituality from my perspective, like they're still connected to their spirit and their highest self. But our goal is to connect to it at all these different touch points because our pain and our like discomfort and our our um, insecurities come from the places that we're not connected to. And we're really connected to our spirit self and to source those things go away. And so these tools are like the vehicles for it, but they're just the vehicle. Like it doesn't matter what vehicle you take if you get there. Like if you're getting closer to connected to yourself, to feeling more confident, to feeling like love and secure and that you can do the things you want in your life, like who cares how you get there? But we, when we're trying to make sense of this and we want to get there so bad, it's like we grip to the actual mm-hmm. tool and it's like, that's not the thing. It's just, it's just the thing that could help you right now, but it's like, it's not the destination. It's just the vehicle. And what I'm hearing from your story is that consistency is key. Like, it seems like you really dedicated yourself to having some type of practice, no matter what it was, as you're like on your journey. Yeah. And I wouldn't have thought it would be consistent then because you and I are both manifesting generators. We, you know, we flow there a lot. We have a ton of different ideas. And so I was never like, oh, I'm going to do 20 minutes of meditation every day. Like, I was pretty devoted to five minutes. But it would still be like five days a week, six days a week. And the actual practice changed. So what I realized a few years in was like all I care about is I take a certain amount of time. It's gotten – that time has gotten like bigger and bigger as I've gotten deeper. But like (laughs) whether it's five minutes or 30 minutes or 50 minutes where I'm intentionally connecting with myself and I'm not consuming a ton of content. So that can be a walk, that can be meditation, that can be journal, tea ceremony, um, affirmations, dancing. Like it doesn't matter as long as I'm really getting in there with myself. And that's the part I've kept consistent. Um, The other stuff has totally like come and go. That's amazing. And how all these different tools help you connect back to yourself and your spirit self. I'm curious, how did human design help you connect back to yourself when you first learned about it? Great question. Human design. So I learned about human design on a podcast right when I had started my job in New York City. So I did like one year working for a federal judge. It's called a clerkship. And so I wasn't at the law firm yet. It's a really cool job and um, and really amazing and was really supportive for me. It felt very divinely guided to be there. And so when I got to the law firm, I that's when the spiritual awakening like really started and I heard it. And I, the main takeaway I heard was as a manifesting generator, I'm not supposed to hate my job. Like there's nothing wrong with me (laughs) for hating my job. It's actually the job issue. Cause I had started to believe like I needed to just fix my mindset and just learn to love this. And I was like, maybe it's just normal. Like maybe everyone just hates it. And that's just how, what you have, that's what being an adult is. That's what maturity is. And it really (laughs) challenged that, which like is so obvious, but I started to realize like, wait a minute, it's possible for me to love my work. It, this feeling, this buzziness, this excitement that I have is my gift and should be applied in my work. And it told me the main huge thing. It said, it's okay to change your mind. 
And MGs mm. are famous for changing their mind to bouncing careers. Mm. But it just said, hey, it's okay if you do. There's nothing wrong with you. You're not like a flake. There's nothing or whatever. Maybe I am flaky, but like who cares? Like there's nothing yeah. wrong with changing your mind. And in fact, like this is your skill that you're going to have a lot of interest and things can always have a way of coming together that you don't realize. It just opened my mind. Hands down, hands down. I felt the same way learning I was a manifesting generator. The biggest takeaway, which you've been talking about today, is that all everything you did, every job you had, wasn't for nothing. Like you picked up tools along the way. You built confidence to run your women's circles. And then you did your women's circles to like tap into your spirit more. And like, just that's the point of the MG energy is like, we're not flaky and we're allowed to change our mind a million times, but we get to be grateful for the journey of like picking up all these little tools to come together later, form the way that you're meant to offer your services to the world. I fully believe that I use the skills I learned in my legal practice every single day. Like being a lawyer is so useful. Of course, you know, there's a lot of like practical components of it that are great, but to be that sort of lawyer, you have to be very um, willing to solve problems. You have to have like a really strong growth mindset and you're constantly being put in situations where you don't know anything about something and you need to become the expert and 100% certain and just be willing to like figure things out. And that is entrepreneurship. Like you have to figure so many things out <laughs> on your own and not take every time you don't know how to do something, which will be like every week or like every month, like it's constant and be willing to approach that with like, I can like a confidence of, I can figure this out. I don't know how to do it. I'm capable and I will learn this skill. And I'm really grateful for that. And that's what I want to tell, tell anyone, even people who aren't manifesting generators who are considering a transition, like what you did was never a waste. And it will always come with you, whether you learn something, whether you learn what you don't want to do, your skills. Even I recently exited a seven and a half year relationship and I feel so grateful for all of our time together because there is so much love and healing, even though we're not meant to continue on this relationship. Like there, it was never a waste. Um, and I think when we yeah. think of our life as a waste, that's when we really get into regret and it never feels good to be living in regret. I love that. That's so great, Sam. And I really like what you bring. You know, I was just looking at your Instagram stories the other day and I was just having a conversation before I saw this, but you jumped on and said, I'm really happy today. Like I'm in a really good mood. And so I'm going to jump on here and share it with you guys. And I was literally just telling my friend that I'm ready to like upgrade my happiness and upgrade my joy and like not get caught in the conditioning of this like very earthy realm like and then I saw your story and you're like hey guys I'm happy you know and I just was like yes this reaffirms what I was just talking about that like I don't want to be just kind of coasting through the day I want to be ecstatic I want to skip down the street I want to be happy and unapologetic for being happy through the lens of human design that's what you're supposed to do that's what manifesting generators and generators are here to do is to raise our vibrations to have this life force energy coming out of our sacral chakra and bring it out into the world and share it so instead of maybe matching other people's vibration to make them comfortable you can be the leader and bring your vibration out and little by little maybe more people will start matching that one Absolutely. It'll be like the new starting level, which is super exciting. It's people need things to respond to. And for anyone out there who feels joy, like you give people an opportunity to be like, oh, that I can have that. You know, like, yeah. oh, wait, I want to be like that too. And then it's just this awesome domino effect. Yeah, that is so cool. So with your sessions that you're having right now, I know you do one-on-one -on -one coaching, you do clarity sessions where you can either do full-on human design or you bring your channeling in, you just, you're bringing all your tools you've learned throughout these past few years into your sessions. What are you currently seeing coming up with your clients? Oh, this is such a good question. So big themes that I just notice consistently in my work is I t often people are coming when there are add a big transition. And something that's been really wild is a lot of my recent coaching clients weren't in a transition when they started, but 
are in one now, like massive, like changing jobs, leaving relationships, like really big transitions. And so that's really interesting. But one-on-ones too, like I'm going through a massive transition and I'm eager for some support. And I also want to be like anchor into my vision. So kind of when I was talking about earlier with quitting the job, like this be wise, do not just be reactive. When we get these news, sometimes transitions are not by our choice. Like we're told you got to go get a new job or we're broken up with or something, but it's like, and sometimes they are our choice, um, but they're still painful and coming up with this, like, okay, well, how do I do it? So it's connected to my values, by the way, what are my values? Um, how do I do it where I'm honoring my gifts that I feel really resonant where I'm expanded and excited, where I see this as a possibility and not as like a scary thing. Um, or I'm scared, but I can hold both at the same time. So transitions are really common. A lot of people come with me working with fear. Um, so feeling unsafe in their body. A lot of women and a lot of women just have experienced um, sexual abuse, domestic violence. And even though I might not be working like on that with people, it can leave this remnant of like, I don't really feel safe. I don't really feel safe in the world. I don't really feel safe like making decisions. I have a hard time expressing myself. Um, I want to feel really connected to my, to my body, maybe connected to my sexuality, but like I just have, I don't even know how to go about doing that. I have a lot of shame around that. And I would say the theme that I keep noticing in people is there are a lot of people who are undergoing major expansions. So they're making big leaps in their lives or they have a big internal expansion. They're really shifting how they feel about themselves. They're realizing, oh, I had, I was talking to myself really negatively and I am aware of that now. And I want to feel differently. I want a job that's more supportive or I I want something else. And so they're like starting to see it. But then as soon as we expand into something, we have this like expansion contraction cycle where it's like we expand, we root into this new vision, this new truth. And then all the fears and all the negative self-talk and all the old belief patterns that no longer are resonant with this new belief, this new truth, this new reality come up in our bodies. And it's like, what the hell is this? Like, I thought I wanted this, but now I'm just like overwhelmed with this fear and this like nervousness. And I don't really know how to navigate this. And so I work with a lot of people in that of like going towards their vision because they know what it is or they're starting to see what it is. And it's Mm -hmm. like, and then all this other stuff comes up and realizing that those fears are not the truth. They're just old fears that have to be processed, released so we can then expand wherever we're going. Human design talks Mm -hmm. about this great change we're going through. Like, I'm curious for myself because like you just said, people's truth are kind of, they're changing. The whole planet's going through a change. The energies on the planet are changing. I want my listeners to feel like if they are going through some crazy change or expansion, that there's energies on this planet, like we are all shifting and changing over the next few years. Yeah. So human design has a big shift happening in 2027, where it's kind of like we have this energy on the planet um, it's kind of like almost like a little energy blanket where it's like the whole planet is imbued with this energy and it stays the same for like 400 years. And then it shifts every 400 years. And it's about a shift. And the way it's shifting to is all about empowerment in the individual and, um, and really owning like what you want in your truth and empowering your individual thinking and your thought and your spirit of life. I do think that a lot of this expansion cycle for most people is people realizing like, I want something different. I have been making decisions based off of what other people wanted out of fear, out of just what I thought, out of like some sort of other conditioning. And I want to clarify for myself because like I want to live a life that feels good to me. So I do think that there's that. I also think there's just a really important energy cycle happening right now. I've heard a lot of different folks, healers talk about this where we're in a seven-year cycle. We're in the peak of it right now. It's this um, major shift towards people need to start taking accountability for their emotions and accountability for their lives. And 
whatever you're not confronting is basically being activated and pushed on you. And so, so many people are stepping into this like sovereignty in themselves and connection with themselves, partly out of necessity, because you're just going to get rocked. Like if you don't start looking at your emotions and what you want out of your life and in my opinion, your spiritual health, like your emotional health, mental health, spiritual health, physical health, and you're just living like totally disconnected, you will, you probably have been getting rocked. And so a lot of people are like, okay, well, I'm going to shift something. That is so cool. And part of that change that we're going into is going from kind of a victim consciousness. Like you said, like we're all starting to own like, oh my gosh, I have to take responsibility for what's going on in my life. Like I truly create my reality to some extent. And that's going from the victim consciousness to more of this freedom of individuality. And it's like so exciting and so trippy at the same time because you just can't help but feel this like honesty inside of your body wanting to just come out. Dana, would you be open? I don't know. I don't usually, I've never really done this on a podcast for a group, but I feel like there's a lot of energy here. Maybe I could do some channeling for the listeners and maybe around this like energy shifts. I kind of prayed on that today and I wasn't going to ask you. So that's really so interesting that you offered. So I would be more than happy. Okay. So just for anyone listening, my voice might change a little bit. That's totally normal. I like to think of myself as the intercom and, um, and I'm inviting in guides and angels, benevolent beings, whole and unfragmented here to share empowering messages with the listeners that are safe and expansive for us to receive, particularly around anything they need to know about navigating this difficult time. Anyone here that is listening to this podcast is already awake and available to a new reality on earth and is holding that vision at some level, whether they've acknowledged it to themselves or not. And what is happening on earth is a major awakening cycle to the depths and the intellect and innate intelligence of every individual person far beyond what our minds can comprehend because the mind is a useful tool, but it's always meant to be secondary to the innate intelligence of the body and the innate intelligence of the soul, which is directly connected to the body. So far, the mind has been in the driver's seat. It's very rational and the mind is useful. We're never suggesting don't use the mind, but to, but instead people are now being directed to what is their body want and through their body connecting to what is their intuition telling them and what do they, what is their on a soul level do they want? What happens when you are not connected to the body in this soul level is you start to experience an intense discomfort. You'll start to literally feel this sense of anxiety, this disconnection and actual pain within the body. And it can even enter the pain body and become something beyond the energetic imprint underneath. And so as this pressure has happened on earth, many, many people are coming back to their hearts. They're coming back to their soul visions. They're reminding and remembering, I came here for a reason. And often those reasons are related to, I came here to feel, I came here to experience joy. I came here to experience intimacy and connection. And the path to do that is not this cerebral, really intense thing. It's literally just to be present in your life. Presence is the medicine here. Present to your whole realm of emotions. And when you allow yourself to sink into presence, when you allow yourself to explore what is actually alive for me today or how am I feeling? What is the grief present? What is the fear present? What is the excitement present? What is the joy present? To make room for all of it, you then become guided in your own uh, internally within yourself. You have all the tools. You have all of the compass within to guide you to what you want in this life and to kind of guide you on this path that we're speaking of reconnecting with the body. It's a remembrance process. So it's a, it's the way that we tap in and root into it is to hold the space for everything that's happening in our reality to remind ourselves and to develop the trust that you are big enough. Your body's big enough to hold it. You can make space for it. And in doing that, then the clues and the nudges come out from within. It's not a process of looking out and getting advice from everywhere else. It's actually a process of going within and almost cleaning off or rubbing the mud off the internal compass of where to go next that will bring you to this expression of feeling and emotions and joy or experience that your soul came here on earth to live out. Okay, I'm going to pause there. That was amazing, Sam. That was so amazing. It just reaffirmed everything that we've been talking today, and that is to bring it back to the body. 
to really bring it back to the body. And that takes practice. That takes action. That takes dedication. That takes responsibility, taking responsibility for your own life and for bringing it like your responsibility for your body, your physical health, your mental, your spiritual, everything is all encompassing. And we're at a time when, at least in my opinion, we need to be a little more dedicated and devoted. And I'm saying that to myself like this, that channel was absolutely beautiful and such a reminder of in order to be in the present moment, you have to bring it back to the body. You really do. And when we're in the body, then that's like, it can feel really painful because we're feeling the depth, especially at the beginning. But then that's actually where the peace is. Because when you're looking for peace and for like to stop this like pressure outside of the body, it never fixes it. It's only within the body that we can actually experience the things that we want and that we can like navigate the really hard, difficult experiences that many people are going through right now. Like the things that are happening on earth are real. These are real challenges. And so it's not about not feeling them. It's about only in feeling them. Do we actually get to where we want to go? Do we actually get the meaning of it? Do we feel the fulfillment of it? And do we get, we stop bypassing like the whole, yeah. like, like the, the reason we're here, it's like the, like the juice of it all. Yeah. The real spiritual work is actually feeling the feelings and not bypassing it and being with it. And then just being present in the body and just naming it, what's coming up for you and not worrying about, well, how do I fix it? What do I do? What's the next step? But just start with naming it. That's basically it. Yeah. Cause our bodies are innately designed to tell you the next step. So it's like when we get so caught up in that, it we almost prevent our our bodies from just giving us the answer and guiding us to where to go next. Not that it's not helpful to get support and you know there might be some reframing, there can be some deeper healing, but like on a core level, like we have that innate capability. There's something about this sovereignty and responsibility that feels important here and I'm just going to see if there's any like quick message of you are responsible for your joy. You are the only one who is responsible for your joy. You're the only one who's responsible for your pain. You're the only one who's responsible for your healing. And we can get a little bit, humans get a little bit caught up in wanting the validation of the pain that others cause for us, that we do not take the full responsibility that will actually create the freedom that we crave. It is only us who can source our love for ourselves, our joy, our pain, all of it. And so the sooner that you take ownership for the feelings, the sooner you take ownership for your life and decide that this is my life, I am the only one who can make the decisions that will empower me to the life I want. I am the only one. And that doesn't have to be a disempowering thing. It's actually a really empowering thing because it's all up to you, meaning you get to do what you want. You get to design the life that you want. You get to have what you want, but it starts with you owning it first, owning every step from the beginning and just continuing to look, how can I own my part of this? How can I take ownership of this? How can I come into this? Not to say that we don't, we disavow pain like, uh, almost, okay. I feel like there's something here because I can almost hear people being like, yeah, but what about like, like institutional issues that have created that? And like, yes, that's not, there's no, there's no suggestion that those things aren't real, that the threats and the challenges are not real, but you're the only one who can take ownership of yourself. Yeah. And when we start taking ownership of ourselves in the areas that we know we can, we all know where we're turning a blind eye or we're not choosing to feel an emotion that's coming up. Journal it out, go for a walk, talk about it out loud to yourself in the car. Like that's the safest place. You know, there's so many places where you can just put the phone down, put the podcast down, put the music down and like get back into your body. And it's a very empowering thing to do because it reaffirms to you that like you have that ability to change things, that you are not just under the sway of everyone else and that it's your, like you get to do it. And when you do those things and then you, you see the shifts, whether it's external shifts or you just feel your shift within, it creates peace, it creates self-forgiveness, then it like strengthens your confidence. Yeah, I really think we can't see the ripple effect of doing that type of work. Like it's just, we won't ever understand the ripple effect it has like into our family, into our community and like so on. Yeah. 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 That is so beautiful, Sam. I am 
looking at the time. And I've had such a good conversation with you. I could talk forever. This was so fun flowing with our gate of the now. Thank you so much for being on. This is Sam Fotenhauer from Wild River. Did you want to talk about any of your sessions or your workshop coming up? Yeah. So I have two things I'll talk about. I I do a handful of different sessions. You can look at my website. The best thing to do is to book either a one-on-one clarity call. These are like just my signature offering, 75 minutes. You let me know why you're here, like your intention, what's going on in your life. And then I pull in all my tools. We'll do channeling. We do human design. We do anything that I think will be helpful in moving you forward towards whatever you want to move forward towards. If you just want a human design reading or to spend the whole time in channeling, you can indicate that. But I think they're absolutely best when I get to kind of like crochet everything together. That was the word that came to yeah, mind. Like that bring is it so all together. Fun. It's yeah. really fun. I have a workshop coming up in, I think it's June 6th. It's early June around clarifying values. That's going to be really great. Really connecting with your values identifying where they are because your values are one of your most important compasses in your life. Um, I also do one-on-one coaching for moving people forward, truly ready to make big shifts and energy healing. Um, get on my newsletter, go to my website, wildriver.live. The newsletter will pop up. That's the best way just to stay really connected. You hear about my podcast, you hear about my offerings, workshops, anything down the line. I would love to connect with you. And Dana, this was awesome. I love you. This I'm was so happy. So much fun. I love you too. This was so great. And I'm I have learned so much from you. And I just feel reinvigorated to like go out and to be way more consistent with my practice. I am so excited. The biggest lesson, there's a million in here, but one of the lessons for me is to take this and practice, like put it into practice every day, some type of dedicated practice to coming back into my body, which is amazing. My life has gotten so much better by doing that. And I know it's not just me because I've seen so many other people. And of course, there's like a whole body of research behind this. But like when we get into our bodies, we have to clear some stuff out. Like the first time can be challenging, the, you know, the first part of it, but it guides us exactly where we're meant to go. And there's this deep well of self-trust and just like self-source safety and joy mm. available for us within. It's all right there. It just is like ready to be tapped into. And freedom. And if you're not freedom. sure where to start, book a one-on-one clarity call with Sam. And I'm sure from there, you'll figure out like where to go next. So thank you so much, Sam. And thanks for channeling for us today. That was so fun. I loved it. Oh my goodness. I loved it too. That was really fun for me as well. And thank you for having me here and for receiving that. You're the best. Absolutely. Same to you. All right. Take care. That was so powerful with Sam Fotenhauer from Wild River. I was so excited that she channeled for us. And I felt like they summarized exactly what her and I were talking about that whole time. Making big decisions in your life, walking through transitions and how to connect to your spirit self, how to connect your soul, because your soul is here living in your human body, walking through this human experience and how to actually feel your emotions and sit with them versus shying away from them. Yeah, that was just an amazing collaboration. And until next time. Ordinary Magic is a Lit Path Studios podcast and is produced by Jamie Gale and Dana Fay. Music is by Shane Ivers. Until next time, I wish you many powerful moments of Ordinary Magic.